What's up? How are you, friends? Welcome back to the Fresh Fruit Project. I am so glad you're here. So, hey, real quick, before we jump into this week's episode, got a question. Have you subscribed to the show yet? If the answer is no, it's super easy. All you have to do is hit that little plus sign in the show library. It's usually like at the top of the screen. So that way you'll receive reminders when a new episode is released. And we do that every Monday. And there are some awesome episodes coming at you that I don't want you to miss. And while you're subscribing, if you would take a quick second, leave a review as well, because it really does make a huge difference in helping others find and get connected with the Fresh Fruit fam. And that's what we want, right? Yeah, that's what it's all about. So thank you so much for doing that. You're the best. Okay, now let's get on with the show. So today's topic is one that I am super pumped to talk with y'all about because it's one that we are mistaught almost completely. And you know, like everything that I share around here is something that I personally have walked through, have worked to overcome, or maybe even am currently working to overcome. That's usually really the deal. So today we are talking about confidence and not just confidence, but how to balance confidence with humility, which sounds super counterintuitive. And that's because it is. It's totally countercultural for the world that we live in. But to be an effective leader, you need both. And it's totally, absolutely possible. Now, you just heard the word leader. And before you bounce saying, ah, that's not me, I'm not a leader. Can I just say, I beg to differ. And here's why. Leadership, y'all, is simply just influence in someone else's life. And we all have that. Like if you're a parent, you're a leader. If you're a teacher, you are most definitely a leader. If you're part of your high school track team, yearbook committee, sorority house roommate, entrepreneur, if you just graduated from nursing school or you're pouring coffee at the Starbucks, if you're interacting with other humans, you have the ability to influence, which makes you a leader. Does that make sense? Okay. So this idea about confidence is one that I've been spending a lot of time with over the last few years because I have seen firsthand the transformation that happens when we finally clear that confidence hurdle. We're able to see our purpose and we now understand that we are worthy and we have always been worthy of stepping into who we were called to be. There is nothing better. But this really ramped up when a few months ago, I had a lady tell me that she had this business idea, but she could never have the confidence to start it. She just didn't have what it takes. There was no way she could ever do that, which absolutely made me levitate because she's completely capable absolutely capable, just like every single person out there, just like you listening right now, everybody under the sound of my voice, but she didn't see it. And so many of us don't see that. And it just, it broke my heart because all I could think about was the fulfillment that she's missing out on and the people that she was meant to serve that are waiting on the other side of her confidence hurdle. And So we can't let that continue, y'all. So 
First, I want to get out of our minds what confidence is not. We're relearning some stuff today, unlearning some stuff. So there are five ideas about confidence that I really want us to break off now. Okay, number one is that confidence is not based on circumstance, ability, performance, or other people's opinions. Again, I know it's countercultural, but here's why that doesn't work. Because circumstances are totally unreliable, y'all. And we never want to anchor our hearts and our minds to something that flips like the stock market. My last corporate job required a good bit of public speaking. And I remember every day, every bit of my confidence and let's be honest, my self-worth rose and fell with how well I thought I was showing up that day. It was tied to how many compliments I had gotten on something that I had done, achieved, or, you know, some talk I had given. Another one that a lot of us can probably relate to, how many likes our posts get on Instagram, or how many degrees or awards we can list on our resume or our LinkedIn profile. I heard a great quote from Chad Beach recently that said, if you live and die by the compliments of others, then guess what? You're going to live and die by their criticism too. Who the heck wants to ride that roller coaster? I don't even like roller coasters. I sure don't want to go around riding one in my mind every day. Just saying. There's another truth about this too. God also wants us to live in freedom from this. And I love in Galatians where it says, am I trying to win the approval of humans, of culture, or am I trying to please God? There's nothing wrong with applause, but that can't be what drives us. Again, it's just too inconsistent. Number two, confidence is not self-focused. Confidence that is self-centered and lacks humility, actually breeds distrust. Okay, number three. Confidence is not being the smartest person in the room. Real confidence is remaining teachable and transparent and open because you're totally comfortable in your own skin. Just think about that for a second. Like, doesn't that feel so liberating? Like, seriously. Okay, number four. Confidence is not achieved by tearing others down or seeing others fail. Number five, confidence is not having to prove ourselves worthy of being in charge or like we have to justify our presence or fake how much we know. Again, I think that's why a lot of us lack confidence because we've been told it's all about having everything figured out, having all the answers, which, come on, let's be honest, that's completely impossible. Like, How crazy. Okay, so now let's talk about what confidence actually is and where it comes from. So the most basic definition essentially is confidence is the outward result of what we believe about ourselves. And since we're talking about humble confidence today, which is the real deal, that's what we really want, let's just go ahead and define humility as well. I think Rick Warren has the best definition of humility, and maybe you know it. It says, humility is not thinking less of ourselves. 
Humility is thinking of ourselves less often. So humble confidence is a safe haven for creativity and transparency and inspiration and participation because we're trusted more by others when it's obvious that we're not just in it for ourselves. So what does that mean? Have you ever noticed we don't follow the most knowledgeable or important person? That's not who we're typically drawn to. We're naturally, if you think about it, drawn to the more humbly confident people and the most enthusiastic people. Because come on, enthusiasm is completely contagious, isn't it? And that enthusiasm comes from someone who is self-aware. They're confident because they know who they are, why they're here, and where they're going. One of my favorite examples of this comes from a book that I love and I recommend. It's called Ride of a Lifetime by Bob Iger. And if that name sounds familiar at all, it's because Bob was Disney's CEO for over a decade and was responsible for some really epic moves in the company, like bringing, oh, you know, Pixar and Marvel and Lucasfilms to the Disney brand. But he didn't rise up through the traditional Disney ranks. He came from ABC TV. So he was not necessarily the first choice by some to be CEO of this company. Meaning on paper, some would have said that he was not the most knowledgeable. But he was insanely knowledgeable in certain areas that wound up being very beneficial. But he, more importantly, was very teachable. And he was comfortable with what he did know. And he was very enthusiastic about where the company could go. He was very often known for saying, I don't know. I haven't learned that yet. Why don't you tell me what you know? I think I could learn something. Now, seriously, how many people in his position would have the confidence to respond that way? And again, it wasn't because of all this knowledge that he had. He was simply focused on the greater mission of serving, not receiving. Which brings me to this next idea that humble confidence comes from having our eyes fixed on our mission and understanding that we are here for something, again, bigger than ourselves. And we're able to do that because we know that there's enough to go around for everyone. We don't have to subscribe to a poverty mindset that, oh, I've got to steamroll over everybody to elevate myself. Humble confidence understands that when one of us wins, we all win. It's about purpose not the pressure of perfection. And it doesn't come from being the smartest person in the room, and it's not ego-driven. So we don't have to fake knowledge. We don't have to pretend like we know things that we really don't. In fact, John Maxwell, I think, says it best. He says, humble confidence lets us go from needing to be the smartest people in the room to wanting to be in a room full of smart people. That is, that is so good. Okay, last but not least, if you are a person who lets faith guide your steps, our confidence in its truest form comes from our creator, from God's presence. It's being comfortable in our own skin because we know how and why he created us and trusting that he's got our back when he says, 
You're mine. I made you. And you're already good enough. See, this kind of confidence is rooted in freedom, not in force. And there is so much freedom in knowing that we are already God-approved, y'all. And the coolest thing about all of this is that it's available to anybody who wants it. Okay, so why does any of this matter? The reason so many of us never fulfill our potential is not because we're running short on talents, on intelligence, or ability. It's because our confidence tank is low. And this lack of confidence has been keeping us sidelined for way too long. Just like my friend who told me she didn't have what it takes to create her business idea. And what she reminded me in that was that our ability to be confident, it's in all of us. Because it's a mindset. Confidence is part of our attitude, which means confidence is a decision. Dr. Carol Dweck confirms this in her book, Mindset, which we've talked about in other episodes. Y'all know I love this book. She tells us confidence is not fixed. It's fluid, which means we can change it. We can actually rewire parts of our brain at any age, y'all. Like, how exciting is that? Like, let's actually think about that for just a second. Because here's what that means. If we can create change inside our brains... That means we can create change within our thoughts, which means, again, we can change our attitudes. And changing our attitudes means that we can change our actions. And that means we can also start asking God to help change our hearts as well, which leads to creating legit change in our outcomes. And when we start to change our outcomes, we can reshape the trajectory of our life. So that whole saying, well, I'm just not wired that way. I can't help it. Nope, nope, doesn't work. Not true. Throw it out. Throw it out. Throw it out, y'all. Thinking small, shrinking ourselves, and living a small life are all choices that we are making out of lack of confidence. But the good news is we get to change that. All right, so you know I love to leave us with some tools that we can actually walk away with. So now that we have talked a whole bunch about what confidence is and what it's not, let's answer the question of how do we actually build confidence into our daily lives? Number one, start taking action. Start taking action. We figure out how much we're capable of when we don't just plan, but we practice too. There's a great quote by leadership expert Tim Elmore that I love. It says, confidence and humility create momentum. Isn't that cool? And why is momentum so great? It's because it's the fuel that we need to make real progress on our goals, right? Taking action builds momentum as well by forcing us to overcome the fear of failure. And it turns that question of, oh, what if I fail into what else can I do? All right, number two, act as if it's already happening. Put yourself in your dream, in your vision. God gave that to you for a reason. Write it down, live into it. 
There's a great story Chase Jarvis tells in his book, Creative Calling, about his dream of becoming a high-action sports photographer. So before he ever booked a single client or like really even owned a professional camera, y'all, this dude was printing out business cards for his photography business that he didn't even have yet and just started handing them out. He started acting with the confidence that he aspired to have, and that's what we have to do too. And number three, hand over whatever you're going after to God. Take time to understand how you're created. Learn what your purpose is. Seek out who he says you are and root yourself in that. Okay, so I want to leave you with three questions today. Write these down, stick them somewhere you can think about them, work them out, write the answers in your journal. Number one, what has been holding you back? Number two, what dreams could be brought to life by you having the confidence to take action now? Number three, why should you trust God with all of this? Make a list of all the ways that he has shown up for you in the past. I promise there's some good evidence there. (laughs) All right, I want you to remember this, fam. As we wrap up this whole conversation about humble confidence. Before you were ever born, God already picked you. So you walk into whatever your next chapter is, knowing that what he's created you for has already been spoken over you. Now it's just time to step into that confidence and start claiming it. If confidence is what we believe about ourselves, a lot of us need to make some real changes there. So I want to ask you, what do you believe about yourself? Do you believe that you're a masterpiece who is seen and wonderful and precious and valued and light and chosen and courageous and special and approved and perceived and worthy and most of all, loved? Because that's how God sees you. That's who he says you are. And that is not bound by circumstances or resumes or college degrees. It's because he made you. So when we rely on just our human abilities and we try to strive for it all ourselves, we are going to run out of steam. Our talents will fail at some point and we'll feel defeated because we're human. But in our weakness is when God shows up best, y'all. Our God is a multiplier. He can do more in six days than we could ever imagine doing on our own in seven. He can take our little two loaves and our three fishes and feed 5,000. So know that we have the power of the creator of the universe, not just in our corner, but running through us, working for good. He's called every one of us by name, and he is for us. And that, y'all, is the ultimate confidence. Thank you so much for coming to hang out today. I love conversations that leave us with some tools in our toolbox, and I hope that today did that. Fresh Fruit is here to create a movement of encouragement and faith, and you're a part of that. You are a voice of encouragement for someone. And one way that you can do that is by sharing these episodes with everybody that you know. 
And if you haven't yet, again, be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening so that you don't miss future episodes as they're released. Then come hang out with the Fresh Fruit community on all the social channels at The Fresh Fruit Project. Thank you again for listening. I love you, friends, and I can't wait to chat with you again soon.